0: Hello, oh, and welcome to Resolve, an afterplay show. This is an after show for a role playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game so you don't have to listen to it. Hi, I'm Sammy, I'll be your host, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli, The Hope of the Abyss. Joining me today is my wonderful co host, Alex.
1: Hi, I'm Alex, I play Moogle, Avatar of Alexander Smog, both of us use he, him pronouns.
0: We are joined today by Dee! hello
2: i'm Dee, and you can use any pronouns for me as long as they're not it and i play geyser formerly the problems clown but i think she was more part of the solution this time around geyser uses she her pronouns
0: we are also joined today by daniel
3: everyone my name is daniel i use he him pronouns and i'm the game master for this campaign
0: welcome thank you for joining us today now that we're all here alex why don't you tell us about the actual play
1: previously in a feat geyser traps the eclipse gang and turns them over to the ucpd Assyria learns about powder's artificial lung as she takes a bath powder and Assyria admit their feelings for one another hold hands and share a kiss as the cops lock down the hotel Worldcore and powder regroup at the cafe they resolve to see Umbra at the Fashion Museum, under a costume change from Geyser, fearing retribution from any gang remnants. Worldcore meets with Umbra at the museum's design studio. He offers to finish designs on and construct Pony's armor if they find proper material. He also offers to make Smog's formal attire. Smog offers to help Umbra learn about Magitech to allow a Union Charter to produce Psychoglass. Asiri mentions that this could have an undesirable ecological effect on organisms adapted to Psychoglass. As conversation escalates to argument, Smog prophesizes the governance's return to finish destroying Chrysalis. Tower receives an ominous message, your world is doomed, expect salvation, embrace creation.
0: So now that you've heard the actual play, let's do a deep dive into the session. This was a rowdy one, (laughs) y'all. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh goodness, where do we even start from here? Geyser beat up a gang, technically.
2: A small gang.
3: A small gang, technically.
2: We left off last session with me about to fight Jezebel, who I had taken with me. Geyser was thinking maybe she can convince her to not be a criminal. That didn't really work out. Jezebel was very committed to nefarious things. Geyser ended up having to deck her. She got mad, stumbled, and ended up punching the wall and getting stuck in the wall. Geyser tried to continue to convince Jezebel to turn away from crime, enjoy a life as an upright and upstanding citizen, and again was unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) A funny thing about Geyser, all of her knowledge of the world, societies in general, it's all been secondhand except for a little bit before the campaign. So there's all of these terms and words and understandings of like relations between people that go straight over her head. Jezebel, in the midst of the conversation, realizes that Geyser has no intent of helping her commit the crime (laughs) and does have the intent of at least stopping them and thinks you're going to turn it over to the police. Jezebel calls Geyser a fucking narc. (laughs) (laughs) Geyser takes that moment to message Smug, who's been the street smarts teacher if Sierra is the book smarts teacher. Geyser's like, hey, am I a fucking narc? (laughs) And and Smug's like, you know what? Yeah, kind of. That makes sense. (laughs) So Geyser runs with that. It's very chaotic because the rest of the Eclipse gang apparently escaped they also tried to attack Geyser, and Geyser's solution to that was the cube. <laughs> the cube. The
1: cube. This was any other episode, the title might have been fucking Narc, or the cube, or Concerned Citizen, but we have too much going on here. <laughs> this
0: episode, oh my god.
1: <laughs> we started in Medias Res, right
3: where we left off the previous time, so it's. It's just starting immediately with punching Jezebel. (laughs) That was queued up from last time.
2: Geysers do at least one episode of violence every world. She got it (laughs) out of her system, hopefully. You never know. Unfortunately, also, with the cube, fucked up Jezebel a little bit more because, again, her arm was in the wall. Geyser... It's never really her intention to like terribly hurt people at the most. She mm-hmm. will pull silly prank that's like, ow, like a pinprick or something. But that was bad. Like the way Dan described like she was just screaming, and I was like,
1: ooh. <laughs> 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 the cube was like a giant jelly cube. So yeah. if you're a regular Mabim Bam listener, which I think Geyser is now, just put some jelly on it. It was designed <laughs> to prevent anything
3: from entering (laughs) or leaving it which meant that it encapsulated the entirety of the eclipse gang in the hallway that they were sort of stumbling around on but also it only went to the walls and jezebel's arm was through the walls i imagine it was a really bad crushing
2: sensation i'm sorry jezebel you shouldn't have done crime wow For the amount of crime Geyser has done, I'm sure she is due some arm (laughs) crushing to the wall, too. (laughs)
0: That's a treat. We could all take turns in the (laughs) arm (laughs) crushing.
2: The police basically
3: were following them through the garage that they never got out of. Smog cast stop on their truck. Their escape plan was thwarted, so they had to try
1: to go back through the hotel. Geyser was very much in a good spot for that. I love how you described that mess because Smog stopped the wheels specifically, so they're just terrible engine crunching noises. <laughs> and yeah, a drivetrain gone. Yeah,
2: absolutely wrecked.
1: A car is not drivable anymore. It's
3: gotta go in the shop. <laughs> that encounter went pretty well. It could have gone a way worse than it did.
0: Yeah. Geyser was in a very delicate position, necked against an entire gang.
3: I was operating under the rules for smoking. They act as a single entity, but they have more strength and more capability than an individual would have. A single one on one encounter would have been, or could have been pretty difficult.
2: Which is why I went the capture route and not the fighting route. Because I did have some like funny hijinks in my head for like actual combat. I mentioned pulling the. A- luffy one piece and stretching my arm out and clotheslining lining everyone but that still gives everybody in the other gang the opportunity to attack they had a whole pile of psycho i don't know what their capabilities were get lit up in the hallway that would have been very tragic i'm glad that i had the foresight to do that i think that's something that she would do and has done before in the world of ages. Mm-hmm. Geyser put a jelly cube over the top of the spiral tower so that like other people can hear what you're saying. In the world of spirit, Geyser also tried to like enclose someone in a cube, but I don't remember the sleepies. Yes, Geyser has
3: found a little bit of a speciality in making prisons. <laughs> 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 because the world of spirit, Geyser made the garden of water gun flowers that was really effective at trying to keep things in or out of the cabin also in the world of ages geyser imprisoned that wolf yes
2: in the fire cage in the ice so there was like a a layer of fire in the layer of ice i don't (laughs) think that was something i was thinking about doing intentionally i think it's just very convenient for like what geyser's personal magic system is i don't think geyser has had much Hand to hand, specifically combat. The most
3: physical Geyser got was with that one bug in the that
2: But, to be fair, he literally tried to eat me. Yeah, with the- and Geyser doesn't take kindly to <laughs> I'm get back. To be fair smog does a really good job of playing like let's get her to the right (laughs) (laughs) geyser's just like i've never learned and smog's like (laughs) even though smog's invisible and hiding geyser's like hey can you help me with this situation the unlikely camaraderie slash mentor mentee relationship going on I'm really enjoying, especially because Geyser eight sessions ago, maybe, was super highly distrustful of Smug. I don't know who you are, what's going on, <laughs> and so now it's, like, kind of careened the exact opposite direction. Are you thinking about the
1: initial playbook change, like, that far back? Yeah. That was, like, 20, 22 sessions ago or something like that? Oh, <laughs> well,
2: well... It's really crazy to feel myself know Geyser trusts this person. (laughs) I haven't really processed all of the implications of that, but from ground zero, it's massive, massive transformation.
3: Yeah, for sure. I do think it's part of Geyser's growth. She is taking a step back and questioning things, but also taking the time to check herself.
2: Also with Tao too, which I think is pretty funny. (laughs) Tao is further towards the powder side of things when it comes to like relating to Geiser. But I think that like Party members have been extremely gracious in lending <laughs> Geyser their knowledge when when necessary.
1: Well, speaking of Powder... Oh, Lord. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the romance
3: scene. <laughs> oh,
0: Lord, here we go. <laughs> when we last left off, Asiri had guided Powder up to the hotel room because Powder said she wasn't feeling too great, she wanted to go relax. The second we get up there... Tyler's like, hey, can I use your hot toe? of course, Sarah's like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I guess. Oh, lord. <laughs> this entire conversation just went beautifully. I couldn't have had it any other way, really.
3: <laughs> I have to ask for you, Alex, and you, D. Did you have any inklings or hunches of a potential romantic interest? And if so, for how long?
2: I have never played a tabletop game where there was explicit romantic interest (laughs) between characters so that was like so far off my mind i think the one foray into that was like the first game where arnold was like flirting with somebody it was like for an (laughs) end goal yeah it was a cute scene and all (laughs) if you said that's an option you can have romance with npcs i wasn't thinking about that so i had no clue
0: (laughs) What about you, Alex?
1: <laughs> Before I answer, I'm going to like go back to what Dee said, because I was like baffled by that. I think about all of my fucking characters' romantic lines <laughs> this this happening like, oh shit, this is the first game that Dee and I have played together as players. Yeah. When I'm a GM, I really let players take the initiative with where yeah. things are going. That game just didn't have... I guess there was a little bit with Bones, but... I don't know. I feel like I was maybe the first person to pick up on something <laughs> happening between Pyro and Assyria, and I feel like I was screaming about it, but I guess no one else really thought of what I was saying.
2: <laughs> I had no clue. Like, you could have said, they are gay. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been like, look at this sign. <laughs> own- I wonder what that means.
3: <laughs>
0: I was like dropping hints and like leading conversations. I don't remember exactly at what point I was like, "A series has a crush on powder." I was reading back through our notes to think they're like, "Why is a series so nice to powder all the time?" And I was like, "Oh, because she has a crush on her." It just kind of <laughs> escalated. <laughs> yeah.
3: Sammy was telling me, is going to be interested in romancing Powder at some point, but we wanted to let their relationship grow pretty organically for a while. And then it started to just come to be the right time.
0: This is such untrodden ground for me because I've never done romance as a player. As a GM, I've facilitated romance with NPCs. But as a player, this is the first time I'm invested in the emotional status of both of these characters in their relationship, which is just bonkers to me. Because I almost never consider romantic relationships as part of my character play.
1: That's funny to me, because like I said, Bones did have their romantic interests around for a bit. And then you were GMing the character that my character romance Empire.
0: in the last game there's a couple places where like you sort of forced bones into relationships and he's like i'm married i don't want to do it <laughs> like, like, you know, like, and then at the point where you did introduce his wife it was a past version of her so they hadn't met yet it was really awkward and weird <laughs> so i don't know if i necessarily count that <laughs> <laughs> I consider being a GM slightly different It's not that I'm not invested in the character relationship It's a different means to an end Whereas as a character I'm like how in a Siri forever <laughs>
2: i didn't even think that you had any interest and even last week you were like something's gonna happen next week and i'm excited
0: and i had no (laughs) i was very clueless clueless you have to bear in mind i've been talking with dan about this for three months or so now at least some of the excursions a series gone on with Powder were not planned, but schemed out to impetus this relationship and push them together a little bit. It wasn't because mm-hmm. I'm sure at any point either of them could have stumbled and like pissed each other off. But I was like, Dan, this is what I'm interested in. I'm very curious to see how this goes and what the meaning of this relationship is because you have ostensibly a pirate and a mermaid together, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is really cute. I'm very happy for Siri and Powder, who's my best friend.
3: (laughs) 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 I can't wait for Geyser to give Powder a hard time.
2: I'm not sure about Geyser's conception of romance other than sometimes people like each other. Geyser would be accepting and nonchalant of any relationship any of the party members get into. Yeah. There's no, what does it mean to romance? Are they just, like, super good friends? Like, (laughs) (laughs) gal pals.
1: Oh my gosh, they were they were roommates.
2: (laughs) Geyser would give powder a hard time, but that's mostly just by being geyser, not necessarily
0: anything to do with
3: Powder being powder.
0: Oil and water, those two. (laughs) (laughs) This scene filled me with ecstasy because it solved some questions about powder I had for a while and like powder getting into the hot tub, she switched into her swimsuit, revealed that she has a metal device implanted into her chest because she had a deformity at birth in her lungs and this device helps assist her with breathing but it's not something more catastrophic but oh boy this is gonna make a a lot more protective over matter?
1: yeah i think in an earlier episode we speculated she could have been a cancer survivor
0: mm-hmm. it's either cancer or like something to do with her heart just because of dan's sense of irony but <laughs> yeah my,
3: my cruel <laughs> irony
0: this was done before the campaign started right you already had yep. this in mind
3: i dropped little hints throughout the campaign. After like exerting herself, she had a harder time catching her breath and like, she ran out of her breath quickly. And those were the consequences of her having to rely on the apparatus.
1: Well, the voice is also perfect, because it's very similar to the voice I do for Smog because we're hitting on the same thing. Smoker voice. Yeah. Really, really difficult lung problems.
0: <laughs> I'm just over here, like, gooing and gagging, because the- <laughs> These two are so fucking saccharine together. It's disgusting. Like, oh, Powder reaches out... So hold a serious hand and the series just like, You've done this before, do you know what that means in my society? And Hatter's like, No, I'm not a mermaid, so how could I know that? A Siri's like, well, it's a very intimate gesture because other fish don't have hands. Mermaids are the only ones with hands. It's not specifically a romantic gesture, but it is very intimate. It's done between family and like really close friends and of course lovers. A Siri is just like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Is this a human thing? Is this me misinterpreting? What is going on here?
1: It would be like an American saying some Japanese person's name without an honorific. <laughs> 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 I
3: was kind of thinking of the Star Trek thing with people on the Enterprise getting it with it with some of the aliens. How like certain customs, they could be a whole lot more to a mm-hmm. certain group of people than what a human might perceive.
0: When like Assyria explains this, how there's just like, may I have that privilege from you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just heart melting.
1: You wanted the title to possibly be about a series giving the gift, but that was what I was thinking would be the title before oh, we got along. You're
0: so right. You're so <laughs> oh, right. It's disgustingly <laughs> sweet. I cannot handle it.
3: You've mentioned that you've been rereading the notes for this. Baby's <laughs> 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 having a good time. I'm
0: down bad for these two. A lot of my pencil art for the past like month has been just these two idiots fawning <laughs> over each She's other.
3: She's illustrated 14. Pages of their relationship yeah, together. It's,
0: it's, it's bad.
1: Great. <laughs> We've created a mini comic. Yeah.
0: I have. They have little interactions. It's gross.
1: That's pretty gay, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Lesbians.
0: <laughs> Lesbians. I like
2: love for Isiri because she's just a sweet person. The center and the world, they deserve love too. So I, I ship it. I'm blindsided, but I ship it.
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> I know the whole like cinnamon thing is just like, my projection onto Assyria. I know that's like especially now that she's like awakened. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the extent of her character, but guys are very much sees Assyria's nice fish lady. <laughs>
0: That's not a bad thing to have because a serious personality didn't change when she woke up. She just had more experience and more knowledge regarding certain things. But at the same time, The Abyss sees all but does not know all. So I don't think at any point it would change her personality at all. In fact, this particular piece of The Abyss has always been this personality. <laughs> She is just a sweetheart. Just like, once you do take her off, it's hard to reel back from the ramifications of that. Not a bad thing to generalize for Geyser. But their conversation continues, and Powder admits a lot of survivor's guilt, I guess, even though she was so young during the war between the governance and herself. And she's like, she hasn't done enough for her people, because she wasn't old enough to fight. She hasn't really had like a true proper job in this society. She's left behind a little bit by her disability. She just feels really bad and doesn't really know her place right now.
2: Which I personally think is strange, considering how scrappy Powder is. And I know your image of yourself and your negative self-thoughts don't necessarily always match up with reality, but Powder is a very balls-to-the-wall kind of person. <laughs> I'm going to get it done if it needs yeah. to be done. Not necessarily lofty brain-wise, but real-world experience.
1: This also puts a lot of our prior interactions into context for me, because it feels like she's been playing stuff up and trying harder to match pace with us. Mm. A unit that hit the nail on the
3: head. <laughs> Powder has a good self-esteem. It's not like she doesn't really have any confidence in herself. But at the same time, there is a trauma that has been inflicted upon humanity. Different humans interact and deal with that trauma in different ways. Powder's is mainly wishing that she could have had a place to do more.
0: She was born in the middle of this horrific, traumatizing war. All she knew for up to that point was just the violence and destruction that this caused. Yeah. But the series is just like, you were young. Why are you blaming yourself for something you could not possibly control? (laughs) It's okay. You're still alive. It's fine. (laughs) Enjoy with what you have. I'm a sab. It's disgusting.
3: (laughs) I just love love. I just love love.
0: Listen, I don't break much, but like when I do, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they keep chit-chatting back and forth a little bit. And just like, can you confirm the status of this? Because I'm bashful and shy, so please, please tell this out for me. If this is official, Sirius, like, uh, it's tradition to give you a gift, and I don't think you want the actual gift, which is fish. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let me do something else for you. She asked Potter if she has some extra psychoglass because she gave some to Pony earlier, so she was like, oh, do you have any extra? And by God, the world's most intimate gesture of giving her one of her prized grappling hooks made to her by Captain Terra, the trust. And like last episode, she didn't <laughs> give it to Smog for the same reason, the parallels. I'm going to die. <laughs> <try. laughs>
3: We've broken, Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) The possession that Powder holds dearest she entrusted to Asiri. Knowing full well that it might be completely transformed into something unrecognizable, but it was a trust that she gave.
0: Well, Asiri can't do that because it's her prized possession so what she does instead is, and I was planning on making a particular item for her anyway, just for practical purposes, but I was like, oh, this can work out in my favor a little bit. So what Asiri does is she doesn't morph the front end of the gun at all she just does the bottom of it she alters it a little bit puts a tooth in and everything the abyss touches taints it slightly so it becomes a obsidian glass bayonet with one of her teeth in it just like a really sharp knife oh it's so good it's so cool (laughs) can you imagine the radiant transformation from this clear pure substance into this black obsidian with like a shark tooth at the end of it that's dope as hell (laughs)
1: We've done something similar
0: before. Yep. (laughs) Right. This thing can cut anything. I'm so excited for how to use this in a dramatic moment. Oh, honestly, I take it
2: back what I said earlier. We have had romance in this campaign before with Pony and Horsefly. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, it counts. (laughs) I shifted
1: <laughs> we'll keep those doors open. It's been so long since we talked about the romantic options. This is true. A lot of new Wait, did I call? Did I call powder and Siri in that
0: episode? You did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you proposed that that could be a pairing,
3: <laughs> and Sammy's just like nervously clutching the table.
0: I think this just speaks to my poker face. Let's be real. <laughs>
3: That's, that's going to be a good one to go back and listen oh, to. Oh, I'm
0: so excited to listen to all these <laughs> when we're done. <laughs> no one, no one here. I think
2: Smog having romance would be funny, because I feel like he'd like end up with a real asshole that's only nice to him.
1: <laughs> I think Smog is the asshole who's only nice to his partner.
0: Yeah. I was <laughs> like, Smog's currently in a relationship with Alexander. So <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> To finish up the scene, Powder's like, alright, this is really sweet. Can I show you some human body language? And I was like, this is going to get real saucy real fast. <laughs> I legit thought Dan was going to fade to black there for a second. But what happens is Powder tells her to close her eyes and kisses her. And then at that moment, the police... <laughs> come in because they're, they're, they're fleecing the building because of the freaking eclipse gang down <laughs> This
1: is also the moment that Powder checks her phone and sees the message from Smog that they want yeah. to meet at the cafe.
3: You know, there's a knock in the door basically saying it's the cops. Open up. And Powder's just like, oh shit, oh shit. Checks her phone. There's five text messages. One of them smog saying, let's meet up at the cafe. Cops are searching the building. There's like an alert saying cops are searching the
1: building. We gotta get out of (laughs) here. Where does the time go? The romantic scene is... Cut short and Sammy must spend a link to create a balcony that she can abscond from with powder. Yeah. <laughs> a minor vetcon.
0: Okay, this is entirely a joke between me and Dan, and it's stupid. It's not even funny. Because a series is so fucking large, I imagine a lot of the relationship is just gonna be her picking up powder. Whenever I have a stupid thought regarding the two of them, I'll tell Dan picks up powder. And so I had to make a, an excuse. Like she's not going to sidle through this tiny ass human door. So she's going to f- she can ostensibly fly. So she's going to go out the balcony and go down the side of the building. She picks up powder.
3: She picks up powder. So that's been like our kind of code term for yeah. <laughs> Assyrian powders relationship stuff.
0: Because a lot of it started when she saved powder from drowning in the lemma. Yeah. So <laughs> picks that, up powder.
3: That was one of the first sort of instances of maybe a relationship happening. At least in my mind, because we didn't really establish it at the table, Powder wasn't really drunk. She was a lot more sober than she might have come across as. It was more to go back up to the room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I know, bad. Powder. It's so bad. I still have so I can't wait to see where this leads
1: <laughs> We get back to the cafe. Smog has called everyone to order. Does not want to get... Caught by any possible remnants of the gang. There's a little bit of conversation. Is there anything important to point out there before we get to you know what? Yeah, I don't think so. We're recapping for player knowledge. Asiri and Powder do walk in holding hands, and I mentioned in game that Smog is just like, well, finally that happened.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now, yes, that
3: makes sense. On time. On
1: time. Yes,
0: this <laughs> happened on time. <laughs> Fuck your time god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we resolve to head over to the fashion museum again because Umbra should still be there. And Smug so is like, we need to try to go incognito? Which is a heavy-handed hit for me as a player to see if Geyser would like to do a costume change. Oh my god. The costume.
2: This is a move that I picked up because I spent a bunch of links to gain experience points the last time, I was informed that it would be really useful for, like, Geyser's character. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because I never really know what to pick. So this was a time to help everyone. And <laughs> the first go-around, Geyser made everyone look like powder. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <And> it's... <laughs> You just have this romantic scene, and then you come to a cafe with your new girlfriend, and then you're turned into your girlfriend.
1: <laughs> Turns you into your girlfriend. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: sorry about your girlfriend, we turned you into you.
0: Listen, I know you're beloved, but I don't want to be you.
3: I think everyone is just, like, a clone of Powder. <laughs> Horrible. And Powder's just, like, walking around like, what?
0: <laughs> For powder. The psychological damage we must inflict.
1: I did talk down Smog into being a quadcopter, and we did say that Pony at least looked like Hound. Yes.
2: Yeah. I changed everyone's costumes. I kept my human appearance and just put me in normal clothes. I just changed Powder's clothes.
1: Well, part of this is what happened at the second change when everybody gets their human sonas.
3: Yeah. So like, <laughs> I think the first time everyone was powder except for Smog and Pony, which were different robots. There was like a bit of a conversation. This is still going to stand <laughs> out. So guys are used costume change again to change that costume into a different one for everyone. That was the human
1: sonas. Did we talk about human sonas like back to back with romance? Is this both of those things finally yeah, paying that's off? That's
0: why I'm like, why? Why do these <laughs> play with each other?
3: We just had to get that out. It's, it's geyser. I'm sorry.
0: History
1: repeats itself.
0: Anyway, geyser has more muted colors. The clown hair is gone. Tao's draconic features fade away because Tao is mostly human anyway. Pony is wearing a gingham shirt and some overalls and cowboy boots and their sparkly cowboy hat with, like, mousy brown hair.
1: God, the overalls. It's too cute.
0: It's so good. What was Smog wearing?
1: Smog was wearing pretty much his same hoodie, but without the lighted effect. But it was down, so you could see his, like, really long pink hair showing now gray roots because he's old. (laughs) (laughs) And he was wearing fucking Hot Topic zipper clasp pant shit with Doc Martens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then Asiri is seven foot tall, really dark skin, red dreadlocks, vitiligo, where her lights would normally be.
3: And wearing a -A
0: black mermaid dress, because I'm fucking hilarious.
3: (laughs) Powder was just in all denim.
0: (laughs) For some reason.
1: (laughs) Canadian tux. It's, still it's the lesbian uniform. It's the so lesbian, lesbian uniform. <laughs> I'm still so putting my highest honor. Lesbian.
2: I think um, Geyser had a bit of denim too. Like she had a jean jacket and a navy blue t shirt and jeans.
1: I just imagine powder and all the denim and then Geyser and all the denim and then pony looking like the homophobic dog. Like I know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> And all
3: of this was in plain view of everyone at the cafe.
1: They were just getting stared at.
3: And like, they transformed, not once,
1: but twice. I guess we didn't think any of the gang members were going to be at the cafe.
0: It probably wouldn't be that close to the hotel, considering. <laughs> place is a little yeah. hot right now. Yeah. We're serious. She was very upset about that. <laughs> You're changing the shape shifting entity? No, that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Only I can change me.
3: On the transit to the fashion museum, they were talking about how Pony was like, This is great. I'm human. I'm great at being a human now. And Iseri was not really happy with being a human. This is like a little too different for her. There's like a business guy looking over, trying to read their newspaper, but hearing people—seemingly <laughs> humans—talk about not being human.
0: How there's like, "You still look hot, sweetie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay." And that's what I'm
0: saying to the
3: guy that they're just doing a live action role play. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I just—I <laughs> was just like, "Okay, yeah, big fan." <laughs>
1: You're on the bus. You're going to definitely see some things riding the bus in Union Charter. You could have told me to do a role there, but I was so right on with it. Like, I did not leave any pause for more questioning that yeah, you were like, like, yes, this. that's fine. <laughs> that's good.
0: Must explain it. The only logical conclusion.
2: Out of character, I was like, this is very meta, because, like, we're LARPing in a role-playing game. (laughs) I love that
3: when that happens. I love the idea of doing a
1: role-play in a role-playing game. (laughs) It's so good. have a little conversation with the greeter at the museum. They eventually recognize Smog's voice, but obviously not Smog, And then we head up to the design lab, where Tao is tracking Umbra, and find some guards.
0: Gotta you know, convince the guards to let us pass, cause certainly we're not outworlders anymore. Look at them. We're just a group of really weirdly proportionalized people because half of us are five foot tall and the other half is ten foot tall.
2: <laughs> Dressing
3: very <laughs> eccentrically <laughs> I mean to be fair, you were at the fashion museum. Sure. So that if any place was to be somewhat believable with your appearances, that is at least a good one
0: the group effort to convince these guards
1: luckily it doesn't take all too much uh, an illusion from a siri and smog giving them information that only the party would know there were some mobsters we just took care of giving them that information to confirm that it's enough there are some students in there when we meet umbra we quickly get them out of the room and all have our fun getting rid of our disguises. Because Smog has a million zippers, he unzips, and I think that became something for other people to watch onto.
3: My favorite one was Pony, who inexplicably maneuvered that costume. She was in a human form and then unzip, and the horse is just standing there like normal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How does that work? Who knows?
0: <laughs> I don't wanna know.
2: It's geyser magic. Just gotta accept it.
0: Geyser stays in costume.
2: I do, because. It's just a palette swap, really.
0: A <laughs> series so like, "Oh, Powder, do you want me to unzip your costume too?" And Heuss is like, "Yeah." Umbra's just like, "This is unnecessary. <laughs> why, <laughs> <you describe> <laughs> yeah, why did you disguise
1: her? Why did you disguise Powder? She was already..." <laughs> the real reason is we don't want to leave Powder out. We didn't need to, but it would be mean if we did.
0: <laughs> Powder's being adopted into the gang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Party-in-law.
2: Party-in-law? <laughs> in law We also have, like, a really unhinged conversation yeah, with Umbra.
1: <laughs> we fill in on the details of the whole thing because Umbra thinks it was just Geyser there, but there was more going on because everybody kept pretty well hidden otherwise, or didn't do as much to get noticed. He now knows what went on, and... Swag is like leaning on him to make sure that people understand that it was just Geyser but I want you to understand that a lot more went down there <laughs> Geyser's like
2: I'm a fucking nut <laughs> she deadass is so proud of that shit too
1: Umbra <laughs> being like I mean I guess sometimes it's a good thing to be
0: This is Smog just being like concerned citizen
1: <laughs> if you want to put a positive spin on this Geyser you have to say concerned citizen
3: <laughs> i'm calling it out right what she heard first so it's like it just ingrains i'm sorry like i'm literally tearing up
2: because <laughs> <laughs> this was so, this was so much fun for me to do like I like the moments where I get to play a little more deranged or a little more airheady. It's just like so much fun. <laughs> it is. But it really goes with the whole like chaos causing aspect of Geyser's personality. Even though like in this moment she's not trying to, it's just an extension of Geyserness. <laughs> she's trying to explain what happens in her own words. And then every, everyone's like, okay. <laughs> and I think Umber legitimately gets frightened when she tells Umber that she put everyone in the cube. cube. cube.
3: Playing an uneducated character is so liberating. You just can have fun with it. Because you don't have to
2: be smart all the time. You don't have to be smart at all. That entire conversation was just so much fun for me. I think the last time I was on with Dan, he explained that he's always trying to make it obvious to the other players just how uncomfortable Geyser <laughs> makes them. <laughs> Geyser wasn't really doing anything wrong. No, She's so awkward and unhappy <laughs> that <laughs> it's just a bad experience <laughs> all around <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> This guy's like, what are you doing? Like, what is happening? And she's like, yeah, they were criminals, so I cubed them. (laughs) Criminals go in the cube. And then Smog is trying to clean up Geyser's mess of her words.
1: That's more Smog saying, this is how you need to make sure the spin happens in the news. Because it could kind of be what actually happened, but I need you to make sure that's how people perceive it. Yeah, we're already getting ahead of the narrative. After finally filling Umbra in, Smog gets 10 minutes of bliss and peace to just go over the pony designs, go over his own designs, get some of Umbra's thoughts on them, and get Umbra's word that he will work on them for ponies' armor after they get some more materials. You
3: used your move,
1: Apparition. I figured that this would
3: probably be something that's pretty high performance, and it shouldn't be too terrible to actually make, but... Put in the requirement that it needs Umbra to make it and it requires something from another world. It actually leaves some room for maneuverability. I know you had something in mind
1: uh, mystical ceramic or like a plasteel. I just fell in love with the ceramics from Final Fantasy 16 and yeah. I think they work really well with what Carolyn and Pony were saying about a more Rococo design, the formal piece. That's going to be fine, but it's also, it's going to take a little bit. Siri ends this piece in quiet with questions about why clothes exist.
0: <laughs> she's struggling, man. <laughs> 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 Much like like written language is something she's struggling to wrap her head around entirely is your skin really that weak? <laughs> like, are you that pathetic? She's trying, man. And again, this is what Dee said, it's liberating to play a, a stupid character. This is very smart in certain instances, but this is not one of Yes, human
2: skin is kind of weak. And also sometimes you don't want to be pussy out everywhere. Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh Maybe you God. should try.
1: <laughs> Nasty fish. <laughs> Smog is also here, like, not just covering himself up. It's like, I want pageantry. I want to fucking show off. Yeah. It.
0: It's like, I can show off whatever I want. Like, right now, this like, changes color.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could create an illusion, but that's such a cheap effect. Like, I want something there.
0: <laughs> this sort of just escalates. Smog continues describing the designs and talking to Umbra about the potentialities of using Psycho Glass in these designs and what that can do slash accelerate harvesting or make it more efficient. And the series just like, that doesn't sound like a great idea. <laughs>
1: so she challenges Smog on that front. As Smog, I was like, I'm at this point where I have a little too much knowledge because I'm about to change playbooks and I need to play that up. Smog has this intuition that Asiri actually garnered in a very recent episode that things are fundamentally fucked on this planet. Yeah. We need to get everything out of here, even this ocean life. We can't not harvest as much psychoglass as we need to get everyone the fuck out of here.
0: This is why I keep yeah. joking mom and dad are fighting at the table again with Smog being... Which, are, in reality, Smog is father time in series mother nature. <laughs> 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 Let's be real here. Nice. She's just like, you're just gonna give up? You're not even going to try to protect what's here? Life will find a way. It's still here. And Smog challenges is just like, you're not the only one tied to the nature here. And series like, I am the nature here. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: And this finally leads Smog to the ultimate realization and made me advance the playbook change a little bit and use Prophesize to inform everyone that the governance is coming back to finish taking out Chrysalis.
0: A series like, no, we can't let this happen. I knew I would fail, but I tried so hard to interfere yeah. this. I tried so hard.
3: Asiri felt what was coming, and tried everything she could to stop it from happening. Because, uh,
0: fundamentally, Assyrian Smog operate on different forms of determinism. Smog seems to have some very hard determinism going on here, like, things are set in place, he's seen the future, he knows these pinpoints, and is very soft determinism, like, she can guess based on the ripples that go through the abyss, and things are likely to happen, but it's not concrete, and you just, you, you set the pin in place, and that's what pissed her off. For
1: Smog, it's, it's actually somewhere between those two things because he's had the idea that he might not be in the same timeline he came from. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that are pinpoints, yeah, but there are also things that must be different here because of the change of Tau.
3: For context, Prophesize is an advanced move that only one player in a campaign can take. It allows you to make a prediction that will absolutely happen but that's it once one person uses it and makes that move it's done it's very interesting the relationship between Asiri and smog it's like two different types of thesis it's a dialectic smog acting as the avatar of alexander is very much aligned with concepts of time as you understand it from one perspective Asiri seems very much aligned with concepts of space as you see it from a different perspective. For Smog and Alexander, it's looking at a timeline from a vantage point where you can see past, present, and future all at once. There's constants in between these timelines, but there's also things that can vary between them. Whereas Isiri and the Abyss, it's operating on a type of causality where all you can really know about the future is understanding everything in the frame of space at once and having an idea of where it seems to be going. But you don't really go beyond that. The spoiling point that <laughs> we're reaching, I think, is actually kind of perfect.
0: Alexander is uh, an actor of holy judgment and righteousness in a certain sense, but on the opposite of the just a being of mercy and care. The way they handle things, we've created... Identic foils. It's so... (laughs) Uh,
3: Alexander is a construct that has both the attunement with time and then their signature. It works so well with the concept of time, which is holy judgment, because what greater equalizer is there than time itself? What better thing that can actually enact judgment on others than the concept of time? Also, being an automata, it goes back to what gives the name automata, which is independence. Doing what you will, because it has to be done un- unapologetically. You're doing what is right in this instance or this perspective. And whereas a series is with nature is a type of codependence Ever since the beginning, it's been a really good dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um light and dark, independence versus codependence, time versus space is covering such a great breadth.
0: I tried so hard to push you out of time and existence. I wanted you out of, I <laughs>
2: tried so hard to push
3: you out of existence.
0: <laughs> I wanted you out of this fucking dimension so bad right now. <laughs> oh, man. The ramifications.
3: The ramies. Oh, the ramies, bro. The so This prophecy is perfect. Yes. Because there is a lot about this that I was considering that could happen based on what you all have done i have made moves in the background it put all of these pieces in place that made this just a seamless thing to turn over into we basically ended the session with Tao receiving a type of vision a red background with a black governance insignia the words your world is doomed expect salvation, and embrace creation. The governance is back, baby.
2: (laughs) After that session, it did cause me to pause, because it's not just this world that's at stake at this point. We still haven't gone to the other world and collected every single piece, right? We also have the world of the lost here, the world of the lost that's in every other Mm -hmm. place. Smog just or Alexander invited certain doom.
1: <laughs> From the perspective of using Prophesize. Yes, please. I don't want it to be like Alexander caused this to happen. That could be some way the characters interpret it. I can't control that. It's more that he remembered that this happened, and I as a player wanted to use this because yeah. I've been trying to resolve I really like the idea of Smog having to cast Zeta Flare, and I'm so worried we're not going to see it in the game i need to construct the way that that happens yeah and Mm. prophesize created the perfect opportunity to be like this is why this all had to happen in a weird order (laughs) and why alexander had to fuck everything up time-wise and why smog has to be in different places at different times
2: you had to flex your big powers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had to flex my big time manipulation powers.
0: It's like, you should flex that in your own goddamn universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's the Ramies. The, the Rammies. Rammies. <laughs> other people have gone back to the other worlds, too. And I think Geyser hasn't really gone back to a world I'm kind of excited to see how everything dovetails into each other. But at the same time, there's so many decisions that i see us having to make and geysers barely hanging on to like being a functioning member
0: (laughs) (laughs) to touch back on what alex just said it's not that alexander put this event into place the timer was already ticking we're just aware of it now
3: This is a bottleneck for the timelines. It is a constant that it needed to be announced so that you all have a chance to change what happens next.
0: And you've pissed off the abyss. (laughs) Congratulations. The most benevolent primordial force you have (laughs) anchored. In my interfere, fear, nothing physically happens in the room. The only noticeable thing would probably be like a series eyes turning black and like maybe black ooze leaking from her eyes. Other than that, I didn't want anything corporeal to be apparent to the other players. I just wanted it to affect Smog and Alexander directly. But there are things going on beyond that. <laughs> I knew I would fail because like I have a minus two in dark. So inner <laughs> fear is not the best.
2: Ironically, the one person who would be great at interfering has no clue what's happening, and it's not in her skill set. That's actually something that I didn't think about before, which are like Geyser's real limits. But I'm curious as to how this is going to affect party unity moving yes. Yes. on. Yes.
1: <laughs> Especially because I'm about to throw a whole nother grenade in here of doing a playbook change.
0: Oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like changing my playbook. I have actions planned for when we start
2: back up again. Is <laughs> yeah. Siri the only time that she's been against what the other players are doing? Is when it had to do with protecting life and the environment, or like protecting balance? I won't say protecting yeah. life because she will like fuck up a fish. <laughs> She'll fuck you up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we have palpable tension, and before it was kind of like everybody wants the same thing in general. Now it's like, no, are we gonna force people to pick size? I can see Tao trying to play, "Oh, kumbaya, everybody," blah blah blah. <laughs> I can see like Pony, like, nope, and. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> if I could double lock my Darkling with Smog right now. I absolutely would. <laughs> it's bad.
2: <laughs> enemies.
0: <laughs> with friends like these, who needs enemies, right? <laughs> There's just
2: so much to think about. It's honestly hurting my brain.
0: I love that you chose that, Alex, because it's literally perfect. It ties together so many loose ends that you've chosen, I've chosen, Dan's chosen, other players have chosen. It's the most logical conclusion, but also the most devastating. So, like, I'm functionally pissed off, but I'm also, like, mentally excited. Because yeah. literally, from a literary perspective, it is chef's kiss beautiful. The best possible way you could have gone with it.
1: There are more threads I'm playing with next time. <laughs> <laughs> Get
0: the fuck out of here. You're going to make <laughs> extremely <be> sad again.
1: <laughs> I am so excited for this. I know what some of my next big steps are. I'm so excited because I think we all have something in mind and it's going to get completely obliterated by actually playing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs)
2: absolutely. That's been my experience this entire campaign. What little plans I've been making have been utterly changed. (laughs) That's kind of the beauty and the fun of it. There's threads in smog in a series feud that just so happened to touch the backgrounds of every other player and I know that there's a lot of stuff that can happen with that with the interests and the pickups that people have had as they've come throughout this campaign there's so many layers to this shit and I'm not used to fourth dimension chess cube stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) we play this right this is the climax of the campaign and we could start having falling action.
2: Well, I, don't, I don't want it <laughs> <laughs> how many more worlds do we have? Two.
3: Two. There are three cores that still mm. must be connected and there are two worlds mm. that you have not visited yet. Once you get through the other two worlds, finishing up with the world of the lost will not take mm. very long.
2: Geyser, by chance, has had the least exposure to the world of The Lost and the least understanding of the world of The Lost. There's a lot of plot holes for me, personally. We'll just see. I can't think about it anymore because I'm going to give myself a headache. <laughs> oh,
0: man. What would you guys have done differently?
3: Nothing. This was one of the strongest sessions we've had, which is surprising because it's supposed to be a
1: side story. <laughs> I'm not sure how it's going to pay off yet yeah, but I am curious about the the two paths here like what if I did not change playbook because I think it this is the right time something okay. big is happening there's a prophecy to play with but on the other hand I'm like what if I just let the drama right now right out I'm definitely still taking the book but I'm curious about these paths yeah.
2: I've kind of subconsciously let the other players pilot Geyser a little bit <laughs> and while I don't regret that I like how it turned out. there are definitely moments where I, as a character geyser would have taken a more strong, more authoritative role over her own actions but I just decided to like let it play yeah. out as it was. And if I had 10 minutes to think about what you're doing next before I make any decision, I probably wouldn't have let myself be led around so easily this session but it's a minor
1: thing. You can also use that to inform Mm -hmm. actions with guys are going forward. Yeah, Having those moments of reflection definitely help you figure out how you're going to deal with that when something comes up later.
0: I don't think there's anything I regret doing. There's a couple things I would like to have asked Powder in that scene that just slipped my mind, but they're very minor, so it's not like a huge deal, and I wish I had a little bit more back and forth with Smog, but I know we were cutting close for time, so I feel like this conversation is going to continue next week (laughs) in a more explosive way with whatever grenade Alex is going to throw at me next.
2: Next time on the <laughs> Rammies.
0: I have a feeling
1: it'd be a stun grenade.
0: Oh, I can't wait to get flashbang. Going
1: to death charge this fish.
0: Oh, lord. Let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on the session, Daniel?
3: You all are going to have some pretty tough choices coming up, and I think this is where this campaign is going from pretty good to great. I don't have any social media, so you can find me taking my turn on the arm crusher.
2: What about you, Dee? You can't always convince somebody, but you can sometimes subdue them. You can find me on Twitter at Backslider. Oh, I'm sorry, X at BacksliderD. D. <laughs> my z <zets>, apparently. <laughs> I'm also on Blue Sky, BacksliderD. You can find me on Instagram at I had a cow, LOL. That is also my PSN handle. You can add me and we can exchange friend codes on Switch and we can play games. I've been reading a book called To Paradise by Hanya Yanagihara. It has native Hawaiian main characters and it's really interesting. The cover's really pretty too. If you are into realistic fiction with a good narrative, you should check that out. And for you, Alex?
1: There's more than one way to fill most prophecies. You can find me on Twitter, although I'm probably not going to be using it much anymore, and Blue Sky at Shining Crobat. This week, I recommend Fae Tactics. It is a strategy RPG that has a very simple elemental system, but very hard to master. It's very good as like a first game in the genre, if you want to check that out. It has beautiful music and pixel art.
0: And for myself, I just want to remind everyone, it's not the shark that you see. That's the dangerous one. It's the one that you don't see. You can find me making people walk off the plank for putting their hands on me doubloons. This has been Resolve, an Afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at resolveap.
1: Except Instagram, which is at resolveafterplay.
0: Thank you so much for everyone for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, our hearts intertwined from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com.
1: All links will be included in the episode description.
0: Thank you again for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in your game.